Hello and welcome to Gov Geeks Assemble. I'm Javier. And I'm Karen. And together we are the, the Gov, Gov Geeks. Geeks. Every week we get together to talk a little bit about professional development in the public sector. So we are here to help government employees find a lot of fulfillment in their career working in public service. So today we're talking a little bit about bags of holding or professional, professional bags of holding, <laughs> which I love very much. Karen, how nerve-wracking is an interview? It's extremely nerve-wracking. Absolutely. Yeah, it can be a bit of a challenge, especially if you don't have all your materials or right. you don't know what materials to bring. Especially. <laughs> so today we'll talk a little bit more about what you can bring to professional interviews, networking receptions, or informational interviews as well. Let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, and we're back. So, Karen, professional bags of holding. That sounds like it's something from, I don't know, what kind of really great role-playing game? Something about, you know, a nice adventure, nice warm cup of tea, wizards, magic, dice. Are you talking about Dungeons & Dragons? I am talking about Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> yeah. So, just to help everyone understand... First off, what is Dungeons & Dragons and what the heck is a bag of holding from D&D? Well, Dungeons & Dragons is a role-playing game that goes back, gosh, what, to the 80s, oh, I even believe? Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, and... Thanks to Gary Gygax and a couple of other people that put it together. Right, and I think uh, it was made a little bit more popular recently with Stranger Things, where they were playing Dungeons & Dragons. They were, you're right. So it's a lot of a strategy, and I would say that it's a lot of a team dynamic type game where you have to identify the members of your party, mm -hmm. their different strengths and weaknesses, and battle dragons, among other things. Among other great things. And one of the cool things that they have as an item for individuals to carry along with them is a lovely thing called a bag of holding. Uh, what's great about a bag of holding is that it is basically this interdimensional bag where you can carry upwards of 500 pounds worth of stuff just exactly in your handbag. Kind of like those really cool clutch purses that you use. Right, or, the, or Mary Poppins. <laughs> or Mary Poppins, exactly. Yeah, a bag of holding is a fantastic thing. You know, one of the things that I love about that and how it connects to a professional bag of holding is you have what you need at the right time for the right event. It's always there with you. Right. So in an interview, how helpful would you think a professional bag of holding would be? Well, well, I don't think I would need 500 pounds worth. Perhaps. <laughs> but I think it's definitely helpful, especially not only for interviews, but you have networking events. Right. Things like that where you have maybe your credentials, your goals, your five-year plan. Oh, yeah. All the big stuff. Right. And maybe even some questions for um, anybody who you would be speaking with on a potential job, a potential career. Mm -hmm. So you can have that at the ready and it would, it would not only help you, but it would impress your, the person that's meeting with you that you have that all prepared. All together and ready. Yeah, like what if they're there and they're talking about, oh, you know, it would be great if you had you know, experience doing X, Y, Z. And then you could say, oh, absolutely I do. In fact, here's an example that I've prepared for you. 
like magic. It just like flows out of the bag and it just provides it there for you. Right. And there are so many types of careers within the federal government. You could even be a photographer. Sure. So you could have all of your different photography in the book as well to Mm -hmm. be able to to show your work. Of course. You, You could be a dentist, a podiatrist, and you could say, here are some examples of the work that I've done in the past. Here are some of the accomplishments that I've had. Gosh, there's just plenty of things. And if you had that at the ready, gosh, that that just allows a person to really feel comfortable with the person's credentials. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what you could have in your professional bag of holding and then also what form the bag of holding could even take. So the first thing really is to have purpose-focused goals. So Karen, you have tons of accomplishments. And by the way, I'm using one of my replica Gandalf pipes. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm using it like a wizard, like, woo! Maybe. I'll put it down. <laughs> Purpose-focused goals. What's that about? So you want to make sure that you have not only your goals, but we've talked about this before with the Venn diagram where it's your to find your purpose. Right. Right? So you have what you're good at, what the world needs, what you can get paid for, mm-hmm. and forgot the other one. What you actually enjoy doing. That's right, what you actually enjoy doing. So combining all of those together to then come up with your ideal purpose. Of course. So if that's your ideal purpose, then what are the goals that you have set to help you get there? Right. So if it is to be a podiatrist within the federal government and that's your purpose... What goals have you set there? So it might be going to get specific credentials for that, mm-hmm. you know, different career paths that you're trying to, to go for. So yeah. that's what would, would be your purpose-focused goals. And those would allow you to really demonstrate what your interests are, but also do it in a way that is very actionable. So if you're in an informational interview, say there's a mentor or a colleague uh, sitting across from you that can really be influential in connecting you with the right person, they need to know what the heck that's about. You can't go in there and just say, do you have a job? Just what are you I just got to get out of here. Anything. Yeah. I just got to get out. You don't even understand how bad it is. Let me tell you about my boss. Right. Which that may be the case, but again... You want to make sure you have your goals set and what you want and what you're going for. Not just that you want to get out of your current position. Yeah. Well, that's why you're having the conversation. It's a known. Right. Because then you're just going to end up jumping into another position that maybe it's not going to make you happy. So again, that's why it's so important to have those purpose-focused goals. Oh, gosh, definitely. Yeah. Those are great things to have. Okay, so that's the first thing. Uh, Let's look at another thing. Um, Really, you should also have profession-specific credentials. So this could be like some of the things that I'm grateful enough to have in my coaching career. Uh, With the International Coaching Federation, I'm a professional uh, certified coach. With the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, a certified professional coach. Right, and you also have the certification for Myers-Briggs. Yes, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Uh, Energy Leadership Index, uh, Master Practitioner, all of that stuff, yeah. The more of those credentials that you have, you want to be able to show or demonstrate what that is. So perhaps you have an executive summary that has a summary of all of your qualifications, your degrees, if you have publications, if you have certain experiences that you want to have. Having those specific focused areas or examples to show the case you're 
expertise would be a great thing. Right. And maybe like uh, Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. Oh, she yes. has it scented. Her a pink resume. <laughs> and it's scented. I just think it gives that little extra. <laughs> Which I wouldn't you know, suggest you make a scented executive summary. But <laughs> you want know. you want to make sure it's something that uh, sets you apart. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully content-wise. person has like a perfume allergy and they're like, oh man, oh, I gosh. think that person was, oh God, the smell. Oh, my God, I got a headache. Right. That wouldn't be the impression you want to set. No, but it probably would. <laughs> but memorable. But very memorable. Exactly. Having the right things to be memorable, I, I think, is important. So whatever is specific to your industry or your area that you really care about, think through what are some things that you can have with you that would allow you to demonstrate those high-quality credentials that you do have. Very important stuff. Yeah, kind of like in D&D &D, when you have your bag of holding, you have your, your book of spells. Absolutely. You got your spell book. You definitely need that for whatever activities. If you're like a high-level barbarian or something and you need your special sword or your staff or something like that that you want to have with you, you need to have the tools with you to do the job that you need to do. So if you can demonstrate what those tools are, then there you go. You know, I would even say letters of recommendation would be a great thing to demonstrate your qualifications. Mm -hmm. So all of these, when you combine them together, can be very helpful during an interview. You don't necessarily need to have this like as an alphabetized book that you just say, ha, you throw it right at them. But it could just be one of those things where you're like, oh, well, you know, here's a perfect time. Here's an example. Here's mm -hmm. what's available for you. Absolutely. Okay, so those are two great things. First off, having purpose-focused goals and then having your industry-specific credentials. And our third area really is all about documented accomplishments. So these could be things that are actual uh, materials that demonstrate what you're great at. Right, like news articles news on articles. some of your accomplishments right. or awards that you've received. Yes, I wouldn't necessarily, although a bag of holding could have it, I wouldn't put like a big old trophy <laughs> just right in there. You slide a big trophy on the desk and you're like, here's my resume. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing wrong with that at all. No, but really, um, look at some other ways that you can really show that you're great at what you like to do and that you're really interested and passionate about that type of work. It could be uh, tea tables if you're in budget formulation that demonstrate how well you can put together budgets. It could be. Did somebody say tea? <laughs> Did someone say tea? Oh, <laughs> she's so clever. Nope. <laughs> Clink. Yes. Uh, other materials like that, um, if you have publications, if there's research articles, if there's things that can really, again, talk to how great you are about whatever the area that is. Um, Karen, I'm curious, you're a hiring manager and you've also been an interviewee. What are some things that a person could show or demonstrate that would really impress people? Or what are some experiences that you've had where you've been impressed? I think one of the abilities to think on the fly for certain questions, especially the skill set questions, for example, Excel, right? It's very rare to be able to find somebody in an interview who can think through a problem and identify a way to handle it via Excel. Mm -hmm. So many times as we learn Excel, we learn, okay, well, let me go ahead and just plug in this formula and then make it work right? It, X times, you know, two or whatever 
and look up formula. Right, look, look up, up formula, exactly. Pivot tables, right. But giving the person the problem and then how would they address it and then figure out what to do within Excel to accomplish the end goal. Awesome. So it's not necessarily saying, you know, here's a great example of what I've done in the past, but allowing them to have an opportunity to use critical thinking skills to talk to how they would solve a particular issue, concern, or problem. Right, because many times you can, you can rattle off the different formulas, mm -hmm. right? But how can you actually think through a problem on the spot to identify, well, if I was trying to do this, I would do this formula and maybe do this. And that is impressive mm -hmm. because then it shows that you're able to think through a problem and then apply it within a medium. Of course. You know what I love about this discussion is that as you're thinking about different examples to really demonstrate what you're qualified at, it gives you another reason to think through, well, perhaps what more is there that I could do to demonstrate my qualifications. So again, using your example of Excel, what if a person were to bring in, uh, again, a table or a formula that they have established using some of the experiences that they had previously? Right. So um, again, just as an example, say you're applying for like a financial analyst position or a program evaluation position, and you could say, here's an example of a final product that we had after I conducted research of this many thousand items or this amount of dollars, etc. And here's how I was able to take this raw data and make something really useful out of it. And here's an example of that. That's, that's a wonderful thing that a person could hold on to and think, they know what they're doing. I think that we can utilize their skills. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, those are very good. Okay, so those are a couple of examples, uh, again, of what you can have in the bag of holding, some good themes together. But let's talk a little bit more specifically about some documents that you can include in your bag of holding, just to throw out a couple of examples. So we talked about purpose-focused goals. We looked at profession-specific goals as well. Um, but another thing could be target jobs, agencies, as well as even professions. So if you are uh, doing informational networking, you're talking with a colleague, a mentor, or something, and they could say, what are you interested in? And if you have a list that's prepared that says, here's the agencies where I know that they have a, a great culture or I really enjoy their mission, mm -hmm. or here's some job series that I know that I'm qualified for that I have some experience in, or here are some job titles that I know that I would be a great fit for. That then allows the person to kind of take the information and think, okay, who do I know in this agency? Who do I know in this organization? Uh, how many people in this industry do I know that I can make a recommendation that you go and have a conversation with as well? Yeah, those are, are great ways to have that individual to give them the opportunity to help you uh, help them or help them help you. Yeah. Help you for them and them for you. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also helpful for, you know, recruiting uh, events or job fairs which now are very virtual now with handshake and things like that. Right. But same concept. And many times you have a lot of this information in, let's say, your LinkedIn. Mm. So that's where you can have your accomplishments. You have even people who recommend you for different uh, skill sets. So that right there is kind of your virtual bag of holding that you have, most of us have with us all the time. Right. And we've done it at events where you basically turn on LinkedIn when you're in the session and everybody can find each other and connect all at once 
So that's been really helpful. So you can connect right there and network with everyone in the room. Especially if you're designing your LinkedIn profile in a way that adds value for a person that is a potential hiring manager. So they see your LinkedIn profile and they can think, wow, look at this person's credentials, their experiences. Uh, You can upload different documents or videos and such that demonstrate your qualifications. And as they peruse all of that, they can think to themselves, I know the perfect job for this person. Because imagine like you're at a career fair and Karen, I know you've represented many agencies at many career fairs, but as you're there, a person just shows up and says, here's my resume. What jobs do you have for me? (laughs) You know, I'm a major in, you know, healthcare sciences. What's the job that's out there? As opposed to a person that shows up and says, oh, I'm so excited to meet you. I looked at your website. I know that you have these types of openings for Mm -hmm. this type of work. Uh, I'm a perfect qualification for those or a perfect fit. Uh, Here's my background and how I can add value. Right. Then from there, as a recruiter, you can be like, oh, I know exactly where to put this resume, rather than just throw it on top of the pile. Right. And so many times we've received people who were there for specific jobs. We have a list of the jobs we're recruiting for, and you inevitably have people coming up that have no background in those jobs, no interest in those jobs, but please take my resume. Right. And it, I'll take anything, please. Right. And it's like, I understand, but... You see, we're recruiting for these specific positions. So that's the other thing is to make sure that it's very targeted and you're not just kind of throwing your resume at people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, helping them help you is a great way. And also, if you have a degree of empathy and you understand where they're coming from and their operations, then it's a whole lot easier to just collaborate with them in that way rather than, you know, being adversarial or confrontational. Please take my resume. You got to hire me. Do I? (laughs) Okay, so another thing, of course, is to have your resume. (laughs) It's always good to have an updated resume as well as you bring that along with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So as you're you're there and you're interviewing, in a government agency, odds are you applied for that job a couple of months ago, at least a couple of weeks. Maybe six months ago. Maybe six months. And we know that our resumes are living documents. We continue to update them as we go. So how great would it be to say, here's my updated resume. I just got this credential. I have these added experiences. So they have a little bit more to use when they're making their decision about whom to hire back for uh, another interview or whom to actually offer the position to. Right. Uh, And the last thing that I have here is uh, an executive summary. Uh, So government resumes are anywhere between three to five pages, and an executive summary is pretty much just the one page. So, uh, Karen, in an executive summary, what are the high-impact things that you want to leave a person with uh, to help them know or show that they're qualified? You really want to put your interest, your passion, like why are you doing what you're doing and what are your goals for the future? Mm -hmm. What are you trying to do with your career? And then you want to lay out some of the key accomplishments that you've had focusing on impact, which we talk a lot about that, and also just making sure that you're, you're covering your expertise. So anything that kind of highlights you and whether it's, you know, if it's an executive summary, depending on what type of job you're going for, but a lot of times there are core skills and requirements. So you want to make sure that you're highlighting those. Right. Core skills and requirements. Definitely. Uh, Especially if you know you've got great experiences in those core areas. So say, for instance, they're hiring for a certain type of position and you know what type of skills would be good for that position. 
Well, in your executive summary, you can give some examples of how you've really shown some accomplishments in those areas. Mm -hmm. So as a person is looking at your, your executive summary pretty quickly, they can be like, oh yeah, totally. They have this experience. They have this capability. They have this understanding. And it's really good to see that. And then they look at the resume for more of an in-depth review of what's available and what's in there. Right, which a quick plug for the, what is it, the nine-part series on resumes Absolutely. that you did. Uh, it goes into, into detail about that and the way to craft your executive summary, especially if you are really going for a specific job series, then you can use that job series information from OPM mm -hmm. to make sure that you cover a lot of those skills in your executive summary. It's a smart move. Yeah. You know, the more of that that you have, the better off you're going to be. Because it's pretty standard across the government. So whether you're going for Department of State, Department of Justice, Department of Defense... The job series is pretty much very similar across right. the board. So you can have that in your executive summary. So no matter who you're handing it out to, if you're going for that job series, it should still be applicable. Yeah, it could be very applicable and very helpful as well. You know, one of the other things that I think is important for us to talk about is what shape the bag of holding, the professional bag of holding, should really take. So you had a great example earlier of LinkedIn. You're sharing your profile, you're networking, everyone can connect with you directly. Think of your LinkedIn profile basically as a bag of holding. You can put in your executive summary, your resume, some work examples, your references, recommendations that you've received from others, uh, your education, your credentials in terms of like certifications, things like that. All of that very neatly and concisely placed into your LinkedIn profile. Years ago, when Karen and I were doing a lot of networking in our careers as we were trying to really get established and move up, one of the things that I loved that we did is we used to have business cards that were actually CD-ROMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're definitely aging us there a little I bit. <laughs> yeah, little little CD-ROMs like this big, teeny tiny CD-ROMs. They, they were so cool. They were the size of a business card. And you go to a networking reception and everyone's passing out cards. And then you pass out this really cool CD that has all your contact information. And then a person just pops that into their laptop or their desktop. And they're able to see uh, examples of our work that we've done, recommendations. I mean, all the types of stuff that really allow a person to think this person really has the information that's needed. I, I recall after I did that a couple of times, I'll be honest with you guys, I got more than a few interviews. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. It's a great made idea. made an impact. It did. Um, and then, of course, we tried thumb drives, and that was another neat thing as well. Now there's uh, different QR codes. I was going to say, yeah, especially in the age of COVID and going to these events or right. not going. You know, you don't want to be handing out individual business cards. So you have one with your QR code, and they scan it, and they have all your information. So. Exactly. And the QR code, in fact, can go directly to another great bag of holding that you can use. Build your own website. Uh, I mean, JavierLopezMSA.com. You, you go to that one, and there's more of a professional profile and a build-up. You can create your own website that has important information and materials and everything all ready and available. Those things aren't too hard to make these days, uh, and that's a great way to kind of drive traffic to your site for a person that's interested in hiring you. Pretty help them help you. Help them help you. You know, I think that's one of the biggest issues that we're really touching upon. How can you allow yourself to be as meaningful as possible 
in relation to their needs. Don't make them work for it. It should be like the easiest thing for them to think, yeah, this person is perfect for this role. Now also, I mean, if you take a step back and you think for a second, if this person is able to be this qualified at the front end and this prepared and this ready, how are they going to be in the workplace? Exactly. Yeah, they should be a pretty much driven individual with a lot of initiative, you would think. Exactly. Yeah, the more of that, you know, I I think is is better. The more you can show that, the better off that you're going to be. Okay, so today we talked about uh, a couple of things. Um, First off, we were talking through really basically what the bag of holding should include. Uh, Most importantly, you should have your purpose-focused goals. You should also have your position-specific credentials. So again, if it's an executive summary and it has your certifications, your degrees, you know, things like that. And then lastly, we were looking at uh, documented accomplishments. So this could be work samples, uh, materials that would really relate to how you're qualified at your job, things like that. And then we gave you a couple of other items that you should think about. Everything from making sure you have your resume, your executive summary, uh, things like that. And then the form of which the professional bag of holding can take. Um, it could be a simple pad folio. You have all your materials in there. You can have a couple extra copies. So as people are asking, you can just leave that as a, as a leave behind document for everyone to see. Uh, you can also have that as your sharing materials and all of that with, with folks as well. You can create your own website, use your own QR code, and update things on LinkedIn, just to name a few. All right, which I, I would definitely prefer as the hiring manager, as the recruiter, to be able to have something more digital than having to, you know, have so much of this paper that just more seems a little paper. wasteful. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. So definitely the QR codes I think are fantastic. Oh, that's super cool. Um, so if you have questions on any of this, please feel free to visit us at thegovgeeks.com. Uh, we're happy to, you know, entertain all of those great things. But now here we are, we're at the point of the show where we go to our GovGeekdom Q&A, our questions and answers uh, session. Um, so here's our first question that we received. First off, how do I know if a job is in demand? Uh, Karen, what's your, your gut instinct tell you about how do you know if a job is in demand? Well, first off, I would look at USA Jobs, see how many jobs are available with that specific series that yeah. you're targeting. Um, We've also talked about GSA Advantage to go into there because that's where government agencies would post what is needed in their agencies. So you can learn a lot just about um, from those two areas. Sure, that's very good. Yeah, USA Jobs. And you can filter down by uh, the type of agency or organization, the type of job the amount of the salary, uh, where the geography is. I mean, if you're specifically looking in your state. The other thing I'd say is if you looked at how many types of jobs there were. So if you're saying, okay, there's you know 500 at a GS9, there's 200 at a GS12, and then there's, you know, I don't know, 30 at a GS15, whatever. At least you can see that there's a plethora of positions. So you know you can assume the job and can reasonably expect that you can then have room to move up into the next grade rather than you do everything that you can to get that one job and then there's not enough room to grow <laughs> in that area. So yeah, it helps you but choose there, the right But there are one. ways to work around that. Even if totally. you can't grow within your area, then what's the next step, right? Yeah. Which you call up a career coach and you work with them to identify some goals. Yes, you can always work with us. 
<laughs> All right, so let's see what the second question is from the GovGeekdom. Uh, next, can I negotiate for tuition reimbursement? That is that's a, a fantastic good, yeah. question. That's a good question. I mean, I, I know that in some agencies you have those abilities where it's just inherent in the organization where there are uh, tuition reimbursement programs. Yep. So you don't really have to negotiate for it. It's just it's, it's there. there. Yeah. And that can be part of the discussion that you have with the hiring manager. Do you have a student loan repayment program? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and I know agencies and organizations could uh, negotiate how that could be paid for directly as part of the negotiated agreement for the hiring of the person. Mm -hmm. There is one really big caveat that I would say. The negotiation process does not begin until you get the job offer. Uh, so if you're going through the interviews and you're in the first round of the interview and you think everything is going great and then you say, stop everything. The only way that I'm going to take this job is if I get tuition reimbursement. That's not the right time to do it. Wait until... Or the, the right place. Time. Usually you talk with HR about that once you get the offer letter. Exactly. HR works with you, and then HR goes back and works with the hiring manager, and they're able to negotiate something uh, about what potentially they can offer you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, certainly uh, you can look at tuition reimbursement. You can potentially look at you know how many leave hours you're able to get. Uh, if there is an a recruitment bonus or an incentive that can be provided for you as a, like a sign-on bonus, things like that. There's lots of options that agencies can potentially offer. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, if you have more questions, please come out and visit thegovgeeks.com. Uh, you can sign up for uh, some great one-on-one -on -one coaching. We also do resume reviews for free, so schedule a little bit of time for all of that. We're coming up soon also with our interview basics. This begins next week. This is a nine-part series that we're putting on LinkedIn. I think that's going to be really fun. Uh, the resume one actually was, was fantastic. I know you mentioned that just a little while ago, mm -hmm. but the interview ones are coming up soon here as well. So in the final moments of our 30-minute podcast here, Karen, our show, uh, what would you like to leave our fabulous folks with in the Gov Geekdom? Well, the bag of holding is not just a wonderful fashion accessory. It's something that will truly help you as you go forward in your career. So fill it with the things that are helpful for you to move towards your passion. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for uh, watching our show. And thank you again for your service. We look forward to seeing you next week.